Hey everyone, it's Tyler. Before we get into this episode, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge what's happening around the world with COVID-19 or coronavirus. It's a tough time, we know, but hopefully you're staying home, practicing social distancing, and keeping up hope and positivity and staying in touch with friends and loved ones through social media, FaceTime, Skype, whatever. And at Toyota, we're doing our part as well, whether it's idling our plants, assisting with essential supplies, emergency relief, or ongoing support to local organizations and nonprofits. If you want more information about our efforts, please visit pressroom.toyota.com. And during this extraordinary time, please make sure to stay safe and stay healthy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Toyota Untold. I'm Tyler. This is Kelsey. So Kelsey, I don't know if you know this, but the first car that was like my ever big adult purchase was a Highlander. Did you know that? I did not know that. I'm learning it is. learning all about you today. And in fact, when I applied for a Toyota, I uh, put that in my cover letter that my first big girl purchase basically was a Highlander. And I brought my daughter home from the hospital in this oh, Highlander. That's sweet. It was I don't amazing. even think I wrote a cover letter. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I had to take a writing test, so... Well, yeah, I didn't have to do that because I write in, at the time, it was 140, 140 characters. characters or less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So why are you talking about the Highlander today? I'm talking about it because today we have Kathy Jenkins, who is the Vehicle Marketing and Communications Manager for Highlander and CHR here to talk with Welcome us. Welcome to the Welcome. podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So... Like I said, this was my first vehicle that my husband and I purchased, and I feel like such a connection to it. Like Love it. Emotional connection to the Highlander. But tell us, because we have the recently redesigned next-gen, looks amazing, 2020 Highlander, and it's out for everyone to see, and you got to work on it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. So talk to us about kind of marketing a next-gen vehicle and what goes into that. Sure, sure. So I want to take all the credit, but I can <laughs> because I'm part of a larger team. So v- yes. we say VMAC, but it's Vehicle Marketing and Communications. That's such a mouthful. But our VMAC team for Highlander consists of me. Mm-hmm. I have a senior manager, Angie White. Mia Phillips also worked on it yeah. and mm-hmm. then went over to Lexus. But we have three planners the three planners and I have been working on this for over two years. Yasha, Joni Swearingen, and Erin Dowdy are all the planners. We've been like knee deep in Highlander for over two years. So and that's, yeah. And that's, I mean, there's been engineers and stuff um, on well, the other side for probably years and four years. And yeah. years. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. The planning is so comprehensive and so long. It's really uh, impressive to. Watch yeah. the process. I think a lot of people don't know that the the planning for a vehicle, generally the design, the engineering, all that stuff is four or five years out. And then the marketing starts a full, you know, maybe two years before it's ever going to hit dealerships. Because I mean, from a consumer perspective, they just see the commercials and they're like, oh, New Highlander's out. Yeah. But you have no idea all the work that goes on behind it for two years. Yeah. And and the last year has been crazy from just a marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. In the last year, in the early summer, we actually had to pivot. We've pivoted three times. <laughs> so really, I should just be at the beginning point again. But right. we, uh, the agencies come up with a creative idea. Mm-hmm. We saw it on TV, not from an automotive company, but from another company and then had to say, okay, back to the drawing board. Oh, no. So we then started second choice. Okay, great. Three weeks before the national dealer meeting in September, a automotive, like a 
SUV started running almost an identical campaign. Oh my God. So this is September 2019. Yes. And it comes out early January 2020. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we went with our third campaign idea, mm-hmm. which was my favorite, was Go Highlander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one can steal that. So did you start two years ago with planning the marketing campaign or did that start with like research into who the customer mm-hmm. is and or is that part of the marketing campaign? It's, it's, it's all part of it. So the research starts about 18 months prior to when we um, launch mm-hmm. our, all of our commercials and things like that. Yeah. So it is listening to customers in focus groups. It's digging into the tools that we have in, uh, at Toyota. And it is using all of the previous information mm-hmm. databases that we have about our customers, as well as our competitors' owners as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So how... I guess, how do you go about getting this information and figuring out what the key demographic is and how to market to them? Because Highlander's been around since... 2001. Thank you. Forever. Thank you. <laughs> so it's been around a while, right? Yeah. But it's, it's changed as each generation comes out. But you have some existing customers, some consistent people, but then you may be trying to reach people outside of that market, the same market that you were reaching in 2001. So how do you go about finding... Okay, who wants this car and how should we talk to them? It's a great question because the segment, so this midsize SUV segment, is the most competitive mm-hmm. across the U.S. It's about two, 2.1 million vehicles are sold each year, midsize SUVs. Mm-hmm. There's 24 competitors. Wow. So our big target is older millennials, which... If anybody needs a a guide. It's me. (laughs) It's mid 30s all the way to younger Gen Xers. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, mid 50s. So 35 to 54 is really our sweet spot. And and we are looking for image conscious, like our target is image conscious millennials and Gen Xers that consider themselves the leader of their pack. Okay. Sort of the ringleader or the glue to their crew. That's what we've been using. Glue to their crew. Yeah, I well, love it. It, nice. rhymes. it rhymes. I'm yeah. marketing. Okay. So then you you figure out your demographic, right? So right. then you're like, okay, now we have to market to these people. What's our course of action? So I know you mentioned that uh, we worked with our agency of record to come up with a, a campaign that would really reach these people. What are some of the concepts that they came up with to reach the different demographics that you're trying to to get to? So we actually work with four different agencies. Okay. And the reason why is that the main agency is Saatchi and Saatchi LA, mm-hmm. and they handle general markets. So that's okay. pretty much everybody. Everybody. Anybody everybody. and everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have Coneal, which they specifically define sort of cultural insights for Latinos and Hispanics in the mm-hmm. U.S. And they do a lot of a lot of our Highlander work is in language, so it's mm-hmm. in Spanish. Then Burrell will do work for that sort of resonates with African American consumers, and then Inner Trend created several different campaigns for us for Asian, Indian, Chinese, and Korean. And Chinese and Korean are in language as well. Oh, okay. So the four agencies work together, mm-hmm. and they come up with we call it a platform. Mm-hmm. And it's really the creative North Star. So all those creative folks that, you know, only come to work in jeans and maybe a blazer <laughs> or a really cool... Uh, cool scarf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all 
uh, they use that platform and then start to develop the creative idea. Um, and then each agency integrate their their cultural insights into that. So they sort of tweak the platform to make it the best for, you know, the it's consumers market, are trying yeah. to reach. To make yeah. it real. Is it yeah. hard getting four different agencies to play well in the sandbox or are they all used to it by now? We lucked out because, I mean... We came up with a great campaign, even with all the headwinds, yeah. all the all the other yeah. campaigns that stole our idea, and they all worked well together. We hit every you know deadline. They really did a great job. Awesome, yeah. that's great. So you have a concept, right? Yes. So you have several different concepts. They're all around Go Highlander, but then there's subsets of it to reach different markets, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. So then do you test these to figure out like is this going to resonate with who I'm trying to reach, or do you just put it out there and see if it flies or flops. Right. We would save a lot of money if we just <laughs> we didn't have to test it. But yes, we test before, during, after. Okay. So before we it ever hits air. So in February, when you saw the first commercial, that had been tested back in uh, mid-November. Oh. And so there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of consumers that watch the spots and watch other commercials. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you know, here's stuff about Toyota. Yeah. Um, and then they tell us what they liked, what they didn't, what they, could they remember what the car was, who mm -hmm. was the manufacturer, what was the point of the commercial. And we use that information to then tweak our spots before they ever go on air. So awesome. it's always, it's always ongoing to wow. test and, and learn. So we talked to John Payne at Saatchi. He talked about having to integrate the spot with this campaign and then go from there. Do you feel like the spot, this is kind of a trick question, but do you, do you feel like it did that? It set it up for the rest of the campaign to, to launch? Oh, absolutely. Because if I just said, okay, our driver is this sort of glue to the crew. They're the ringleader. We have Kobe Smolders basically... Uh, saving a mm -hmm. bunch of people in these sort of traditional movie predicaments. And that's what I think everyday men, women who are driving mm -hmm. the Highlander, I think they hope that they're the hero to their family, their friends, yeah. um, you know, maybe even a stranger. That they, <laughs> in small they ways, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the campaign. Yes. Tell us about the car. Tell us about the Highlander. Oh, my, my baby. Exactly. Yeah. So... For the car, for Highlander, this new gen, 2020, mm -hmm. I had to say is the best yet. Why wouldn't I say that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm biased. <laughs> but three things that I think about, and you mentioned one of them was styling. So the exterior is dramatically different than mm -hmm. any Highlander. In focus groups, we hear people describe it as sexy. When's mm. the last time you heard anybody call a mid-size SUV sexy? <laughs> right. I was like, yes. Yeah. So gorgeous exterior, really nice interior. We now have all the tech. Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. Mm -hmm. You can get Wi-Fi in your vehicle. And we have additional safety systems, all standard. Yeah. So it doesn't matter which one you buy. And then the third thing I'd have to say is hybrid. Mm. So that's really different. We've had a hybrid currently for even, you know, model year 19, which is uh, previous gen. We have a hybrid, but it's not like the new one. It's going to save all those, all those drivers like time and money, mm -hmm. time at the pump. And then, you know, you now can afford a couple of fun dinners, you yeah. know, every yeah. couple of months 
courtesy of your Highlander hybrid. <laughs> Remember, I talked about focus groups and we used a lot of them to determine, you know, what they like about the car, what we can change even in the future. So mm-hmm. we're already working on, you know, next gen Highlander. Um, but so many people when asked about hybrid said, well, I don't know if I have a place to plug it in. And there, we create so many hybrids that don't have yeah. to be plugged in. Yeah. Plugins are awesome, but our Highlander, all you have to do is fill it up when you need to, but um, you get all the you know fuel economy benefits. So there is a new color for hybrid too, isn't it? Like moon dust or well, something? Well, it is a, a new color for both gas and okay. hybrid, yes. Moon dust. How would you like, describe moon dust? It is sexy. No, uh, <laughs> it is a, a bluish silver. Okay. Yeah. So it's really sharp. It really showcases all the lines uh-huh. on the new, you know, for the new design. Um, so I love the color. Yeah. And we also have a new interior called Glaze Caramel. That's wow. right. That Are looks either? really good with Moon Dust it if you pair them together. It really looks good. Aside from the, the obvious hybrid differences, what are some other differences slash improvements, I guess, from the previous generation to now? And how did we come, like, did we do that because people told us, hey, love this car, would really love it more if it had a X? For improvements, overall, the vehicle is completely new from the ground. Mm -hmm. So we have a new platform, uh, which is different from our creative platform, but it's actually Mm -hmm. our platform, the uh, Toyota New Global Architecture. Yeah. And so that gives you really nice handling. Mm-hmm. So the current Highlander is quiet and ha- it has fantastic ride and handling, but the new gen, next gen, is even better. And when you say platform, just for yes. the average person, it's it's the base. It's the base right. of the it's car. It's your chassis. It's your suspension. It's your engine. Your powertrain. Mm-hmm. All of those can be part of your of the platform. And does the Highlander have a similar platform to another via, Toyota vehicle? Yes. Good what question. one is it? It <laughs> is. Well, it is TNGA K. Mm-hmm. So um, Rav, which we were just talking mm-hmm. about, is mm-hmm. on uh, the K platform as well as I believe RX, NX, Camry. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us share. Um, some of the similar yeah. components. That's not the same thing under all of those cars, mm-hmm. but we share uh, components that then allow the car to you, you. It makes it more efficient. Yeah, and then you can put that money into additional, you know, features. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be surprised to know that a similar base for the Camry is used for the Highlander, and there are there are advantages to that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the handling, the efficiency, et cetera. But I don't think that's something a lot of people and know. And price too, right? You yeah. can build a whole new Highlander and try to do everything custom, but it's going to cost the customer a lot more at the end of the day. But that's not what this Highlander does. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and I think the most impressive thing for me is that our base model of Highlander, it's the mm-hmm. L grade, versus previous gen you get so many new things standard. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay. There's no options mm-hmm. that you can even get on that. But you get um, a smart key. So if anybody has has used a smart key for a while and then you rent a car, yeah, and then you realize, oh, I have to put this key oh, into yeah. this. Where do I put this? I have a forerunner, so I have to Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so smart key, you get auto climate control in three different zones. Mm-hmm. You get, of course, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, yeah. Wi-Fi. Um, the safety features you were talking yeah. about earlier, too. Yeah. Yes, 
so we have Toyota Safety Sense 2.0, which includes things like your lane departure alert, but we also get lane trace. It's really impressive the standard equipment that the our the base grade offers to anybody and everybody that right. wants to get into a Highlander. Pedestrian detection. Yes. Yes, it has that too. And what about room? Because I feel like people that shop right. for Highlanders really care about space. Yes. They, you know, may have may or may not have families. They may just have a lot of stuff, but they want space. They want space, but at the same time, they also want maneuverability. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we are, that's why Highlander has been number one retail king or leader mm-hmm. in the segment for the last three years because mm-hmm. we're big enough with, we have the third row, but at the same time, you can still park it in your garage. You can put it in a regular parking spot. On the new platform, the length of the vehicle grew 2.4 inches. Okay. So that gave you more room in the cargo space and you have now more legroom in the third row. Mm-hmm. And the second row now slides forward. So if you have teenage kids or whatever that need to pile it back in the third row, you now can give them a little more knee room. Right. Gotcha. So, it's awesome. not just for the little kids. Yeah. So, and so. then you have more room in the cargo space even behind the third row. Mm-hmm. So you can put in a couple of golf bags or more groceries. Yeah. Or- Whatever. Hockey equipment. I have to say, so I didn't have a kid when I got the Highlander. And I just don't know what it was, but I was compelled. I was like, I just need a third row. My husband was like, <laughs> but why? And I was like, but if we have family in town, you never know. Like we could take them places. And he just never understood my like need to have the third row, but I just want it. It's like a grown-up rite of passage. Like yeah. I definitely need this option. Yes. Like I need to be able to fit more people yeah. in my car. I don't have to have it, but I just like to have it. Yeah. And if you, even if you don't have kids, you put down both third and second row, you could easily put two mountain bikes inside the yeah. vehicle mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I'm short, so it's very hard for me to get them out on yeah. the, <laughs> the rack on top. Yeah. Put two of my Tibetan Mastiffs back there. I only have one, but if I had two, I right. could put both of them back there. So you mentioned that the customers or maybe the people you tested it with tested it with said that the Highlander was sexy. Yes. What else, what other kind of feedback are you getting on the, did you get from the Highlander mm-hmm. on on things that they liked or things that they wanted to improve? One of the key features mm-hmm. is that in both the Limited and Platinum, you can get a 12.3 inch touchscreen. Okay. So I mentioned all the tech, Apple CarPlay, Android mm-hmm. Auto. Well, this screen you know, is where you want to see it and use a map and put your uh, radio stations or your XM stations on it. So the huge screen was a a, a huge hit. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people said, oh, uh, sold. Once they got into the interior and saw the screen, yeah. they, they were saying, I know what car I'm going to get next, which was fun. But Right now, we're also getting feedback from dealers about who they sold their, you know, the yeah. first. Interesting, yeah. You know, there yeah. were a couple more uh, customers <laughs> that have purchased them, and they give us feedback as to what they like. And first thing was styling, they the screen, but yeah. they love the screen. They love the technology, which, re- you know, makes us happy because, okay, we're hitting what you like. I think what we'll see in the future is the um, compromise of do we make, the car bigger or do we keep it still mm-hmm. 
more compact versus yeah. some of our competitors uh, because we don't know what will people want in the future. So we're mm-hmm. we're actually uh, studying that right now to see what what are customers going to want in four years. So the launch of the Go Highlander campaign started with the big game, but. I mean, I'm sure it's not just we launched that and then, you know, we're done. So what's the cadence after that for Go Highlander and what can we expect to see moving forward? Well, you're going to see a lot more Go Highlander this year, (laughs) which I'm excited about. So we'll see campaign Go Highlander running the entire or most of the year and then uh, in the next year or so, you'll see a sustain campaign. And that'll be just another reminder for all those shoppers that aren't in the market this year to put Highlander on their shopping list. Yeah. Got to awesome. keep 2020 Highlander top of mind. Yeah. I think one other question I have, because I had friends who saw the Highlander campaign and then in the same show that we were watching, they also saw an ad from like local dealers. Mm-hmm. How can the consumer you know, tell the difference between what's a toy, like a Toyota corporate ad and one that comes from the dealers, aside from when it says North Texas Toyota dealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's a great question. And we were talking earlier about mm-hmm. it, that from our perspective at a national level, we provide as many assets to dealers as well as uh, Toyota dealer associations or mm-hmm. TDAs. Yeah. Um, to try to at least make everybody's campaign work look cohesive. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. consistent, cohesive. When you see our ads, our strategy is fairly simple. We want to introduce Highlander as all new. Mm -hmm. So people know, oh, this is the new Highlander. And the second uh, objective is to for them to come away thinking it's stylish, it's distinctive, and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Because those three things are different from what the current Highlander is known for. Current Highlander is known for quality, dependability, reliability, and safety. Mm -hmm. And Tyler, I hope that's what you're experiencing. Obviously, yes. (laughs) But we wanted to to compete against all the new entries into Mm -hmm. the segment. We got to show it's stylish and exciting uh, to attract new customers to the Toyota Highlander family. So when you see a commercial that your takeaway is like, oh, that looks good and that's all new, it's probably a national spot. Mm -hmm. When you start to um, look at other spots that might tell you, oh, it's new and it looks good, but it also has this feature or Mm -hmm. it might be a great deal or a value, Mm -hmm. then it's probably TDA or dealer. Yeah. Um, And typically dealer is also... Come here today. Yeah. Yeah, Bob yeah, yeah. Toyota. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's also probably like for the most part, they're usually price driven. You know, like you said, like they're announcing like a deal or, you know, it's all new and here's the price and whatever. That's usually run by dealers. Right. But yeah. our, our messaging will typically be more driving a little emotion. Yeah. So because we found that especially those image conscious mm-hmm. millennials and Gen Xers, they want a vehicle that represents their personality, mm-hmm. not just, oh, it's getting me point A to point B. Right. So all of our spots are trying to say Highlander is going to fit your personality and reflect who you are yeah. and you're special and exciting and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> all of Perfect. the things. Exactly. <laughs> so... I guess our last question would be, if you had to pick one thing to tell people about the new Highlander, what would it be? 
Well, that's actually an easy question. Okay, cool. (laughs) I've been a hybrid driver since 2007. So my heart belongs to any hybrid. Mm -hmm. And hands down, the Highlander hybrid is amazing. The journalists who drove it said that its handling was on par with what you what SUV drivers are going to expect as well as the gas model. Mm-hmm. And there's really no other midsize SUV out there that even comes close mm-hmm. to what Highlander can give them. So you save time at the pump, you save money, and yeah. also you look good doing it. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. smart, but you look great getting out of your midsize SUV. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Perfect. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on Toyota Untold. Everybody go out and get your 2020 Highlander. Thank you. Thanks. Our next guest is one of the people responsible for making sure those 2020 Highlanders got built safely and efficiently. It's Millie Marshall, who was the president of Toyota Motor Manufacturing Indiana up until September of 2019. Millie spent 28 years at Toyota before becoming the first female president of any Toyota manufacturing plant. And as you'll hear in this episode, she is so passionate about her team, the quality of the cars they produce, and being one of the first people to get her hands on the 2020 Highlander. Without further ado, let's hear from Millie about her journey to plant president and what it was like being on stage during the reveal of the 2020 Highlander at the New York Auto Show. During the downturn 2008 through about 2013, we had some big things here in North America. The first was the Lehman shock, which that, you know, pretty much it was a level playing field. That was everybody, right? right? The second thing was the tsunami, which was in Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dramatic for us. So we had those things in 18 months. Yeah. So what the role of HR at that time was, uh, we probably had eight facilities in North America, seven or eight, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. was keeping everybody employed. Yeah. And so we keeping were- Keeping the doors open. That's exactly right. So this facility here, TMMI, went for three months, kept everybody on the payroll mm-hmm. without building one vehicle. It's incredible. I and, love those stories. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And there were other facilities that did that too. But what we did is team members that came in, if they didn't want to work, that was fine. Mm -hmm. You know, no work, no pay, right? Mm -hmm. But if they came in, we would do training or Kaizen. Mm -hmm. And then we did a lot of community work, cleaning up parks, painting fences, you know, working with kids and Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. So it was the uh, most stressful up until this point now at TMMI. (laughs) But it was so rewarding because we... We all had been, that had been with Toyota for, you know, 15, 20 years. You heard about, you know, that was kind of our philosophy. Mm-hmm. But here in North America, we just kept putting out plants. So right. it never really, you know, resonated with us. Right. So to me, that was very rewarding mm-hmm. to be in in uh, a part of that and see that the commitment was really there. Yeah. And they walked the talk. Yeah. Um. So then from... Uh, HR in 2013, I was asked to go to the powertrain facility in Buffalo, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I was an SVP over the plant for one year. And then in 2014, I was named the first female president in any 
you know, any manufacturing. You were the yeah, first. Yeah. What an honor was I like? Uh, what a big honor that was. Well, right? it was really humbling mm-hmm. and an honor. Long overdue, but yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, but uh, you know, now yeah, you think about we have three. Three. So, 30% of our plants are exactly. run by women. That's incredible. So, mm-hmm. you know, we picked up quick. Yes. So I was in West Virginia for about four years, and then I came to TMMI in January of 2017. Mm-hmm. That's and great. here we are. And here we are, two, more than two years later. Yes. And, you know, what was it like? I'm going to switch over to the New York Auto Show in April of 2019. What was it like to see the new 2020 Highlander that you're like, wow, we're going to, have to, we're going to build this. This is going to be happening in our plant. And we got to get prepared for this. And we have been getting prepared for it. What was that experience like? Had you been to an auto show before? before? I had never been to an auto show before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they tried to prepare me to what it, what to expect. The thing I'm most proud of is we took eight team members that mm-hmm. had worked on the project with us uh, up there. And to watch their faces was unbelievable. Yeah. Because I had already, you know, seen the Highlander in Japan and driven it and all that. But to see Jack Hollis in his zone yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, he is the perfect person. Mm-hmm. So we took reporter questions after it was revealed. He asked me to come on stage, and I did. But nobody prepared me about, uh, you know, there was like 30 people and they're in my space, yeah. you know? They're crammed in there. And they're putting these microphones microphones in your face, yeah. and they're, like, touching you. And they're all just throwing out questions over and over, and, you know, I'm sweating. <laughs> and I look over at Jack, and he's just calm. <laughs> I think he was loving it. Oh, my God. He loves it. I think he was loving he it. He loves it. And, you know, every question they ask, I watched him respond. And they ask questions that are kind of off point, right? Because mm-hmm. they're trying to get other information. And he handled it. I mean, he was great. But mm. the best thing is, you know, he's very pro- professional, very articulate, you know, in, in terms of, I don't want to say salesmanship or showmanship, but I mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the person. But this is what I remember most about Jack Collis. We had met each other through the years. Yeah. But not much, you know. Mm-hmm. When we went to dinner one of the nights, we took our team members with Marjorie, Marjorie and Stacy. We went to this wonderful Italian restaurant. And when we came back to the lobby, Jack was in there with all the distributors and some of the dealers. Mm-hmm. And Jack came up. He knew we were, this was the Toyota team members, yeah. spoke to every single one of them. Yeah. And that it was just so genuine mm-hmm. and he listened. Yeah. He wanted to hear what they said. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's a big difference between them shoving, you know, 30 <laughs> microphones in your face and now you're here and, you know, you're talking to some yeah. production team members. So he's a bit of a show pony on and off stage a little bit. <laughs> well, maybe he is, but he does it very, very well. I think just naturally, that's his person. He's just yes. bubbly. I, I remember one time we were at a, I forget which auto show, but I had to get him and take him to a social media thing. We we're doing a live stream with him. And I was walking with him. And like, those days are long. They're long days. And... I was like, Did, are you just exhausted by the end of these days? Because he has to do the most talking. He has to do the most everything. And he's like, no, they energize me. And I was like, 
That's just so on brand for you, Jack. <laughs> yeah. And that's a true extrovert yes. that you get energized by that. Yes. Totally. And for the true introvert with the microphones in right. and all the lights, I was like, ah. <laughs> but he treats the team members. I mean, if oh, you're absolutely. the intern all the way, I mean, everyone is the same to him. And that's what, you know, I'm sure those team members appreciated it. Absolutely. Were they excited by the press conference? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, being there, the room was filled and, yeah. you know, all the video that comes out. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. exciting. And so you have that and you have the production of it. And now it's like, man, we got to make this thing. Mm-hmm. When did you find out like, okay, we're getting a new Highlander. We're going to have to change a line now. When, when do you, when are you privy to that information? Well, when I came in January 27, the decision was already made. Yeah. And I was here in the first week I was here. I did the announcement for uh-huh. the Highlander, the $600 million investment, mm-hmm. the additional 400 jobs, yeah. and the um, cap up for the Highlander of an additional 40,000 uh, vehicles. So for me to come from a powertrain plant to come here, and I'm with the governor and the press the first week and going through this, it's like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> but it's years of planning that goes through that. Yeah. But really, the time that we're in right now, because we're running trials Mm -hmm. and things like that, that's when you see it. It's really, really exciting because you get to actually see it. You're not working with design. You're not working with vendors. You know, our team members get to see the new Highlander going down the line. And, you know, I really, when I um, thought about this is, it's almost like having uh, your first baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have all this planning going on and, you know, there's different milestones of, you know, what happens during your pregnancy, you know, whether, you know, the wife or the husband Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. And it's the same thing here. So Mm -hmm. every change point, we try to communicate to the team members. We want them to be a part of it. Yeah. And then many of them have worked so long, been in Japan for 10 or 12 weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, been up at uh, TTC for 10 or 12 weeks at a time, away mm-hmm. from their families, a lot of overtime. And, you know, now they're getting to see part of the results of all that effort. Yeah. It's it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, it's like, like I said, it's kind of like your very first new baby of, oh my gosh, you know, I just can't wait. Right. And We're it's excited. so exciting. That's yes. awesome. What are three things that you love about the Highlander personally? And I'm going to do it from a customer viewpoint. Okay. And I'm excited uh-huh. because when I was at the New York Auto Show, we uh, displayed the exterior color of moon dust. Mm, that is a good color, yes. And it's beautiful. It's kind of got a little sparkly like stars and the blue is just a, a beautiful combination. But I know we've had tan seats before, mm-hmm. but the glazed caramel this is, is out of the world. Oh, yeah, this is not like a tan seat. No, nope. this is this and, is next level. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that vehicle we reviewed, I knew then that's what I was going to drive. So the exterior and interior color, CarPlay. Yes. I, I mean, when I rent cars, I get CarPlay, so I'm so happy to get it into my Toyota vehicle. <laughs> And the third thing I really like is we have a 12.3 information display, mm-hmm. which is the biggest in the segment. Really? And it, the 12.3 inch uh, screen? Yeah, the yep. entertainment. And oh. then 
I didn't realize this till I was out with some engineers. It tilts where you're not getting that sun, you know, the hard glare. to read. Yeah, yeah. So they did it not only by increasing the size and it's much clearer, but the other thing is it's better for the driver. They've figured out in terms of installation to make it much easier for the driver to read. So that to me is another exciting feature. And that's super cool. I um I always tell people, so in 2009, I had a vehicle that caught fire on the side of the road. <laughs> and so I was in need of a new vehicle. Um, and we got a Highlander. And it was the first vehicle that I brought my newborn daughter home mm-hmm. in. It was our first vehicle that like, I felt like an adult because we purchased it, <laughs> you know, and it was the first big purchase my husband and I made as, as a childless couple besides our house. Um, and so I just... A Highlander has a special place in my heart because I love that vehicle. It was so great. And you're going to get the moon dust with the caramel? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go into a little bit about, we talked about your background, but I don't want to be like, what's it like to be a, you know, female plant president? It's just like being like a man, you just go in a different bathroom, right? (laughs) That is true. (laughs) I actually, we had one of our female drivers, we asked her, you know, uh, what her most annoying question is that she gets. And she she said that question, what's it like being a female driver? And her response was exactly like being a male driver. I just used a different bathroom. (laughs) I might start saying that because I was, I've been the only female in the room for so long. I don't think of it. Yeah. You don't even notice. And then when... It was first announced. I knew it was going to be announced. I was going to be president. But what I did, I was not mentally prepared for it because I thought I'm the same person that I was yesterday before the announcement. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed, but people treated me different. Mm. And I really struggled with that for a long, long time. And I wouldn't even talk about, I'd tell them, don't ask me about females in manufacturing. Right. I don't want to talk about it. Right. Because it was, as you said, that question got asked every single time. Right. Yeah. But what I have learned is, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. You know, I'm very humbled and I'm very honored, but I did not realize the impact it has for other females mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be self-serving. It was about me. That's why I struggled with well, I'm the same person I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Why is everybody making such a big deal about this? But when I had others come up to me and said, oh, Millie, we can believe now that we can be a plant president. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken several years for me to get this in my mind. But the biggest, you know, I think contribution and the greatest satisfaction I get is there's so many people that come up and say, you know what? Once we saw you, I believe now I can do whatever I want to do. And there's no limitation. Where before, whether it was implied or whether it was just the growth of the company, people thought there was limitation. Right. And so now so many people think, well, I can dream as big as I want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I tell them, start your own impossible. Mm -hmm. You you know, whether you want to be a, GVP in Plano, or you want to be a plant president, you know, you can do whatever you want to do because there's lots of opportunities in this company. There's no doubt about it. 
but I'm much more comfortable thinking about it now because I feel like I have a responsibility to, you know, the the generations behind me mm-hmm. where that first few years in West Virginia it was like, don't ask me that question. Everybody yeah. asked me that question. Yeah. So like you're a unicorn or something. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to use now what you said. I'm going to say there's no difference except for the bathrooms. <laughs> right, exactly. So you're you're here inspiring the next generation of women leaders. That's fantastic. I will say, as you were speaking, you seem to be on the um, administrative side, as you said. And my ignorance is I'm sitting here. I thought that you had to have like be on the line. You had to work on the line to an do engineer. It. Right, an engineering background to do it. And that's not true. You don't. So, and I'm unique. So both of our other female presidents are have an engineering mm-hmm. background. I think when I think about my career, I always look back and wish I started as a team leader or group leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why? Well, because then maybe in my mind, I feel more worthy of doing this job. Hmm. But I do believe the higher you go up in the organization, it's more about leadership. It's not about technical. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate that this company, you know, put faith in me that I could continue to grow without that engineering background. I mean, we're clearly an engineering company. Right. So, you know, to have an HR and IT, IT you can kind of relate a little bit to engineering, mm-hmm. but not in what these engineers do on the floor here. There's no way. Right, right. So what I've had to learn through the years is that it's really not about what I know or what I can do specifically from a technical perspective. Mm-hmm. It's leadership of bringing the team together. And I use this example. An orchestra leader, you know, they're... Uh, paid good money, you know, they're, they're, they have high, you know, visibility mm-hmm. uh, for that type of job. They don't know how to play every instrument right. or even play any instrument, even very good. Mm-hmm. But they're pulling the people together to make beautiful music is their skill. So what I've had to kind of change myself is, you know, being the person that was used to getting the work done is now I got to work on the team's and relying on other people mm-hmm. uh, of what their capabilities are and, you know, the right questions to ask yeah. to make sure that we're successful. The meeting I just came from was exactly on this new Highlander and where we are in the trials. Yeah. So I'm definitely not the technical person out there, but I can ask questions mm-hmm. to kind of get answers, to kind of give me confidence of, okay, it seems like we thought of everything. Yeah. And if we haven't thought of it, at least we've got a countermeasure. Right. That's fantastic. I don't have any more questions. You answered all of my questions perfectly. Thank you so much for joining the Toyota Untold podcast. Well, thank you. And it's a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) I love being able to hear from some of the incredible people who make everything happen behind the scenes. Most of us don't really think about everything that goes into designing, building, and marketing a car when we drive a new car off the lot, but there's a lot of time, love, and care that goes into every step of the process. Our show is produced by Derek Brown, and the music you're rocking out to is by Wes Meixner. We're edited and mixed by Crate Media. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoy our podcast, please give us your feedback. Hit subscribe, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and email us your comments at podcast at toyota.com. 
And again, if you want to talk to me, Tyler, specifically on social media, make sure you tag at Toyota on Twitter and Facebook and at Toyota USA on Instagram. Until next time, see you guys later. This podcast is brought to you by Toyota Motor Sales USA, Inc., also known as Toyota, and may not be reproduced or redistributed in whole or in part without prior permission of Toyota. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and or hosts and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Toyota. Please note that Toyota is not responsible for any errors or the accuracy or timeliness of the content provided. Used with permission, all rights reserved worldwide.